0: Hello, it's 9th of September 2018, and this is episode 77 of Scavengers Horde, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kirsty. We're here to deliver a regular rundown of Star Wars news, analysis and commentary, with a focus on the sequel trilogy and the future of the saga. So it's been a while since we've had an episode put out. I'd like to raise two things. The first thing is finding the Lego Star Wars Annual in WH Smith. And being absolutely delighted by the Raylotastic tastic goodness that is the page Kylo's Trouble, because this is me, a grown-ass woman in a stationer's, looking in a children's annual, and taking fiendish, shippy glee in a page about Lego renderings of the Star Wars characters. It's
1: wonderful. Because he's obsessed with Ray?
0: Yes. It, I I will say that it's not exactly new information, but it's just quite delightful to see it being joked about so casually. So I'm just going to quickly read it out for people who don't have reference points. This is the um, page in the annual Kylo's Trouble. Kylo Ren can't concentrate on his evil plots. His thoughts dwell too much on a certain person. Count the characters below. The one who appears the most is distracting Kylo Ren. And then if you count Ray, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. So yeah, she appears twice as much as Finn and he's like the next contender along with Vader.
1: So yeah, it's pretty clear cut. I love that the implication is that, oh, I'm trying to be really evil, but I can't stop thinking about this girl. (laughs) And Kylo doesn't know what a crush is.
0: It's lovely. It's so adolescent, but it's also like kind of like love and icky romance things from the perspective of like six year olds. You know, you can see six year olds doing it get
1: he looks a girl. Gross. Yeah, I wanted to see, see him being evil again.
0: Ugh, stop being confused, <laughs> Kylo, God. Yeah, this no, so that was really funny. Um and the other thing that is a bit more serious is that there's a really great exhibition on at the BFI IMAX in London for anyone who's over here. And that has an amazing display of props and costumes from a range of films, but there's a lot of Star Wars stuff including all of the costumes for the main characters from Rogue One. So if any of you are cosplayers especially, it would be an absolute godsend to go there because you're never going to get a better reference point, basically. So yeah, Tally Forth and Joyce is completely free as well. So you can just troop on in there and appreciate the majesty of a whole range of wonderful things, including Han Solo's jacket, which... I think had a guide price of £500,000 to a million pounds which is absolutely mad
1: it's a steal
0: <laughs> they should make, totally make a heist film where someone tries to steal that jacket like in that <laughs> style of Han Solo that would be quite funny and very meta oh dear. how about you Kirsty? what have your recent Star Wars highlights been?
1: I haven't been really paying attention to Star Wars an awful lot lately um <gasps> but I know that the solo novelization's been out already and I've seen some people on Twitter talking about how great it is Oh, great! so I need to get myself a copy and get into that
0: nice I'll have to try and read it too so then you have someone to bounce off of rather than me Mm -hmm. just (laughs) going
1: yeah and we'll have the blu-ray soon Um, so there's going to be some deleted scenes and all sorts of other goodies so we'll be able to talk about that in a few weeks exactly so
0: yeah we're going to be back on another solo kick which will be fun Right. I think with that covered we can probably move into our news section, which is gonna be a little long since it has been a while since we had our last episode out.
1: And please Yeah be- there's a lot that's been happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is. There's lots of odds and sods really. I wouldn't say there's anything like game changing, but there's some really interesting stuff. So the first story is about the resistance. I was wondering would you like to tell us about it, Kirsty?
1: Sure, so we get we had the teaser, which I think we talked about in our last episode. And then, um, since then, um, Entertainment Weekly did this whole promo thing. So they had a video talking with Dave Filoni and the other creators. um, And then, uh, like, an, an article that accompanied it with some stills from the show. So it says, The heroes of Star Wars Resistance wouldn't consider themselves heroes at all. They're just survivors, trying to get by working on a remote refueling station while avoiding the rising threat of the First Order. I really like this idea because... I'm always kind of interested in the smaller stories of just more regular people. Yeah. (laughs) You know, people who aren't, like, Force users and space wizards um, who don't consider themselves heroes. Like, that's a big reason why I really enjoyed Rose in um, The Last Jedi so much. She didn't think of herself as a hero, but she came one over the course of the story. Yeah. And I think that might be what they're going for with Kaz.
0: Yeah. That is so true, and it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role the First Order played, because it's not like the Empire in the original trilogy era, because obviously then the Empire was the government, like now the first order is like this shadowy organization that's on the rise, and yeah it's just gonna be interesting to see how much of a real impact that has, or to the extent to which it's more just people seeing that it's developing as a threat and preparing to combat it when it becomes more prevalent,
1: mm-hmm. So then it says, The Empire fell a generation ago during the Rebellion Era, and the decimation witnessed in The Force Awakens is still a ways off. General Leia Organa and her ex wing ace Poe Dameron have dispatched BB-8 alongside Kazuda Zono, voiced by Christopher Sean, to work as spies. Kaz is undercover as a small-time racer who works on the Colossus, which is a sort of waystation for galactic travellers. Um, so, yeah, I think there's another part in there that some i can't remember where it was but it confirmed that the first season of this show at least is going to be set six months before the force awakens right which i'm really excited about that timeline because it's that's pretty close yeah so you might be able to like sense that anticipation within the story itself that it's so close to everything going crazy because uh, the force awakens in the last jedi is like a crazy bender weekend for the galaxy (laughs) yes that's true (laughs) a lot happens a lot changes so. Yeah, I was thinking about it in a way.
0: Like Snoke, he really lost his chance to shine, didn't he? <laughs> yes. Like because, like obviously, he's presumably building all these forces and getting the First Order on the rise, so he could take over the galaxy. He's literally just done it, and then he's
1: killed. It's yeah, really unfortunate something- for him. <laughs> i really enjoy about the sequel trilogy but i also recognize it's the source of a lot of people's frustration that so much of the story has been told already off screen and we're seeing almost the aftermath of that and like what happens next with you know characters like ben solo how did he go dark snoke where the hell did he come from so there were all these elaborate theories and the answers will we'll get them at some point presumably but they're not really the point of the story itself yes um but now we're starting to see that with this extra material light resistance it's going to fill in the gaps a little more um and i'm really interested to see poe before the force awakens as well because i was i was watching the force awakens again a few days ago and i'd forgotten how much of a almost one-dimensional character poe is in that i enjoy him yeah but um so much of what i understand from him now is as a result of the last jedi ryan really fleshed him out and challenged him and made him a lot more interesting for me yeah so I'm interested to go back earlier in the timeline and I I haven't read the Poe Dameron comics but lots of other people have told me that they're wonderful and really do add a lot to the character. So I'm hoping that this will do the same.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. Like, there is lots of interest and potential in the Poe character. And yeah, The Force Awakens didn't go this. In that film, he's basically faultless. In my opinion, he is just a good guy. He never really does anything wrong. He's always noble. He's always heroic. So that's why The Last Jedi is interesting because, yeah, it goes into the more unpleasant aspects of his character, perhaps. And, yeah, like it's cool that he's going to be prominent in Resistance
1: Mhm. Something else I'm really excited for is how diverse this show is. Yeah. Um, And I don't think it's something the creators are really patting themselves on the back for. I haven't really seen any of them going, oh, look, look at all these characters, you know? Yeah. But it's just there. It's, it's a natural part of what this show is about which i think is absolutely wonderful yeah so
0: no it's just taken for granted like it's just de facto
1: normal which is great so they have some um stills of the resistance characters together and um they're talking about kaz at first he's on the right and to his left is Tam vora east enders Susie mcgrath a fellow mechanic who used to be a racer herself before she lost her ship she's tough no nonsense she kind of has attitude mcgrath says but she also has ideals and a big heart, which she's often reluctant to show. So that sounds super adorable. Like I, I've, if you've seen the the clips, they just seem to have like a really good rapport going. Yeah. Um. They they seem to find Kaz amusing and irritating in equal measure <laughs> at first. So I'm looking forward to seeing those dynamics evolve.
0: Yeah. No, I really like the clips I saw. Like it's actually seeing parts of the show, like as in. Like just like little moments, rather than all cut together in a trailer where you only get like a one shot for two seconds. Like seeing the dialogue and the chemistry between the characters, I found that quite effective. And yeah, I, I feel like I'm just gonna like this show. Like I have a good feeling about it.
1: It seems really well rounded. Like they also have this Niku character, um, who's played by Josh Brenner on Silicon Valley. I don't know if you've seen that show. No. Um. But he's the alien character, the green one, and he just I remember that clip where he's like talking about how he ate his pet.
0: Yes, I remember that. <laughs> it was so
1: cute. And yeah. I just, yeah, I'm looking forward to having goofier moments like that in Star Wars because uh, I, I actually really enjoy the humor in The Last Jedi, but I know it's not for everyone. And I think people maybe thought it was a bit out of place. But in a kid's show that's clearly supposed to be, you know, for this younger target audience, you can just have more messing around like that. Yeah, it's fine. exactly.
0: You need the silliness. Like kids love silly things.
1: Yeah, yeah good, and it, um, he's talking about his character and he says, he's this unbelievably positive, happy character. No matter what kind of day you're having, Niku is having a great day. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing him annoy the other characters with his relentless positivity.
0: Yeah, it's a great conceit for a character, I must say. <laughs> I don't think we've seen anyone like that in Star Wars before, have we? Someone who's just like super happy all the time?
1: No, I don't think so. Because... <laughs> A lot of heavy stuff goes down in Star Wars, even though it is for kids. So
0: yeah, it's so, like even the Ewoks—they obviously have like this super like benign, lightweight reputation, but they get quite savage, you know. And they also go through like serious like angst and like psychological torture.
1: Hmm. I wonder if it'll be kind of like how the Porgs really annoy Chewie at first, and then they kind of they soften him a little bit, and he's like, "Okay, you can come in the you can come in the Falcon with me. It's fine."
0: Yeah. Something like that's gonna have to happen. He's gonna really irritate them at first, but then he's gonna go into endear himself.
1: <laughs> so then they have some other shots, um, because they're talking about like Gwendolyn Christie is set to return as Captain Phasma. Um and although we don't see her, as in, in the in the clip, um we do see a Scarlet Stormtrooper who looks intriguing. And they have this still and uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's Cardinal. No, nor do I. Which but- I'm kind of sad about because I thought his scarlet costume was going to be just for him
0: yeah no i'm pretty sure that was the whole point of it in the book that he was yeah. the only one to have a red costume and
1: yeah, that like was like Phasma's a marker for his too. status yeah because phasma they go into it how she like made her own chrome armor from the emperor's ship um and the idea was that cardinal wanted his own too so his is unique but unless this turns out to be cardinal but i don't think it is because well I don't know how canon things like book covers and um, the poster designs they have are, but I thought the idea was that he, his helmet would look like Phasma's, like the standard First Order Stormtrooper, but this guy has a different kind of helmet, right? It looks closer to almost a Mandalorian design. Yeah, so... Probably not Cardinal and which I don't mind, obviously new characters are totally cool, but I'm just interested to see whether we'll get an explanation for why he also has red. Yeah. Like if it's supposed to represent a different factor of the first order. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I'm really curious to see how all the first order stuff is handled in resistance, as well as how prominent it's going to be. Like, mm. in Rebels, like, how would you say screen time is divided between stuff going on with the Rebels and then cutaways to things going on with the Empire?
1: Uh, the emphasis is definitely on the Rebels, but you still get a decent amount of interactions with the, the Empire. Okay.
0: Um, I, like, maybe, yeah. like, 80% to 20% or something.
1: Maybe. Um, but, yeah, the the antagonist is... Evolving because they have Vader and then they have Thrawn and everything, but there's always someone there who, like you know, Callus, and him, he becomes a pretty significant part because of his relationship with the rebels. Yeah. Um,
0: I just wanted to yeah, say I love really on the nose Star Wars villain names like Callus and Grievous <laughs> and um, Palpatine.
1: <laughs> I'm not actually sure well, fact- what
0: not negative thing Palpatine means. Actually.
1: Yeah. Well. I always think that Vader's really funny because he wasn't originally meant to be Luke's father, but he's called Vader.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was very serendipitous, that.
1: Yeah, it's like, I guess that maybe they were going for, like, evil dark shadow father figure, but it's like, oh no, we're, we're going to go for the literal lie, I'm your father.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I read that Lucas got that from Invader. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it definitely wasn't um, Vader, as in, like, the dark <laughs> father. Absolutely <laughs> not. Um... Yeah, then the next thing we see from Resistance is a screenshot of Leia with Poe. Yeah. And yeah, just to quote Bresnikan's article, we also see Leia Organa, voiced by Rachel Batera, appearing as a hologram, providing direction to Poe Dameron, who will be voiced by Oscar Isaac. So yeah, it's so nice to see that Leia will be part of this show. I really like her character design, actually. She looks great.
1: Hmm. i think that poe must be relatively new to the resistance as well because in before the awakening i don't remember the exact timeline of that but that's that his story in that book is about leia recruiting him like away from the republic into the secret operations of the resistance yeah so i feel like if it's six months before he must be relatively new as well
0: yeah like wasn't he getting frustrated with the new republic because they weren't taking the threat of the first order seriously
1: yeah, it was only Leia who did. Yeah, so
0: she attracted people. Has Rachel Patera voiced Leia in anything before?
1: No, I don't think so. Okay. Because there's a, there's a different voice for Force of Destiny, which makes sense because the age of difference. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it'll be interesting to see how she handles it because, like, Leia in the sequel trilogy, she has quite, like, a gravelly voice. So, yeah, it'll probably be hard to emulate, but I'm sure she'll do a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so what were your overall feelings about the video and the article? Like, did it
1: make you that much more hyped for the show? It does, yeah. Like, it was just a few weeks away anyway, but this it's the kind of thing that I'm just going to eat everything up. Yeah. Just enjoy it. And someone also pointed out, I did not notice this in my first watch, and I don't think you did, I had to point it out to you too, you see Kylo's command shuttle in one of the scenes, like flying away for a second. Yeah, that's so cool. It raises mm-hmm. that intriguing question,
0: doesn't it? It's like, oh, are we actually going to see Kylo, or is that just going to be like a little Easter egg put in there for the Kenoid?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please let us see him. <laughs> <laughs> oh god,
1: we need to like not bring you back to Kylo all the time. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> 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 that was like a horrible Venn diagram of my interests.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's a shame, like, I'm not being like, oh, no, we need to see our old favourites. But I would hope eventually to, like, get a little glimpse of Finn somewhere in the First Order. Like, maybe taking his helmet off in the background or something. But I know we're not going to see Rey, because obviously the timeline just doesn't allow for it. Yeah. Can you
0: imagine cutaways to Rey, and they're just utterly disconnected from anything?
1: Yeah, she's just on Jakku, like, arguing with a couple over portions.
0: (laughs) It would be really bleak. Yeah. yeah. I think if they were to do like a spin off about Ray, it would have to be done in the style of like a Mike Lee film or something. <laughs> Just like really oh no. like gritty, like depressing drama.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the shame because her I love the you know, I love the thematic relevance of her story, but in terms of actually opportunities for storytelling before she leaves Jakku, uh, it's pretty slim.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Is there a character in Resistance you're most excited to see?
1: Um, Probably Kaz, just because he's the main character and he's new, so we don't really know much about him yet. And he seemed really charming from the clips. Yeah, no, he did. He seemed quite appealing. Like, I'm
0: quite predictable. And no, I'm not going to say Kylo. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we don't even... I'm not going to be that much of a monster, okay? Um, But yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tam, especially because of these first details we've got of her in this article. Because mm. now for me, the question is, will she get another ship? <laughs> because right. she's clearly going to want one, and that's very important. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I'm going to be rooting for in terms of that character.
1: I also am really interested to see the relationship between Jarek Yeager, the um, the older mentor figure, mm. um, and Kaz. Yes. Because he's. I think there's a clip of him saying, or maybe it was in the first teaser, it's like okay, you're part of this team, but I do not want to hear anything about your spy missions because obviously that put, puts those people in danger too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I I always love those relationships in Star Wars. So
0: yeah, you no know, Star Wars mentors are the best mentors.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he might have an interesting backstory of his own because he's it says he's a former Rebellion pilot who's he's now just trying to live his quiet life, you know, as a mechanic, but. Obviously, that's not going to last long with these new characters around.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not with naughty Ben Solo. So, um, (laughs) what? Sorry,
1: you talk about Ben Solo?
0: Yeah, like if he had like defected
1: to the First Order and like
0: taking. Oh, I was talking about
1: Kaz like coming into his life you know because like he's it says that he's like sat on this base living his quiet life as a mechanic and then all of a sudden he's lumped with this guy who's about to be a spy
0: oh i see what you mean i thought that his life was being screwed over by the first order i thought that's what you were referring to right
1: no like in the clip he's like basically really irritated about the fact that he has this new guy who's going to cause trouble in his group right and he's like you can be part of our missions but we don't want to hear anything about your spying okay right sorry like that's my sleep deprivation brain (laughs) kicking in (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm so sorry Um, It's okay (laughs) Right, let's move on So yeah, the next story is that we have reports indicating that Matt Smith and Dominic Monaghan have both joined the cast of episode 9 So it feels like this happened a lifetime ago
1: I know, we just haven't had a chance to talk about it yet (laughs) Exactly,
0: because life happens Um, But yeah, this is really exciting casting news Um, I know there's no particulars at all on Dominic's role But for Matt Smith, I know it was reported in the trades that there's a key role. So whether that means it's like small but pivotal, maybe like a Maz-level role, or is it actually a significant supporting role, that has yet to be seen. But it's very cool because I'm a big Doctor Who fan. So anything that brings in a Doctor Who alumni is great.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like both of these actors. So I'm interested to hear more about the roles. And it's nice to just hear more about... like. That we're gonna have these secondary characters because you have to have a lot of secondary and background characters to play off of in Star Wars. Like we know that eight was a loaded cast too. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have to add. Don't worry. Um, I I was making a few jokes about how it's like, oh yeah, more white dudes. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we just accept that at this point. I wonder if that means oh, they're gonna be. I evil, will never. <laughs> just um I think well just based on kind of maybe it's typecasting but I feel like if we were gonna guess um Dominic Monaghan would be more on like the resistance side of things and Matt Smith might be more on the first order but it's based on nothing except like how I would typecast them yeah um
0: like yeah like for me it's really tricky I like I think there's all kinds of exciting ways to use these actors but I really would like to see Matt Smith do evil because I only really know him as the Doctor. I know he's done lots of other things as well but I'm most familiar as, with him from that show and obviously as the Doctor he's very affable and charming and eccentric and so I'd like to see him do the complete opposite of that and just be a complete evil badass.
1: That would Yeah, I me. can totally see him doing that. Um, yeah,
0: and I'd also like to see Kylo have like enemies from within so to speak who appears again because I really like that and I think it's an interesting dynamic that separates it from the original trilogy because that's all like about intergenerational conflict whereas I think that in the sequel trilogy it's much more about this infighting between people who are on a level so to speak and that's super interesting to me and I think it changes the whole feel of everything
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a good chance of that kind of thing. Even if it wasn't Matt Smith in particular who played that role, I feel like if they're gonna go with this angle of Hux trying to overthrow Kylo, which seems likely given how things end on the Last Jedi, he's obviously very resentful. Mm. Um, he's gonna need other people to back him up and help him stage that coup. Yeah. However, it it goes down. Exactly. So I can see something like that happening.
0: Knights of Ren. Knights
1: of no. Ren. <sighs> Knights of Ren. I really go back and forth on whether I care about them (laughs) because there's there's barely anything to actually go on. Yeah, well, that's the thing.
0: Like, I think we would easily care about them if they're included in their interesting and compelling characters. Right now, there's nothing to them besides a visual and the most vague of vague allusions to a backstory incorporating them, which is obviously very little to go on. But yeah, I think there's very interesting things you could do with them but yeah like it's all about what you make of it essentially
1: yeah it it could potentially be a really interesting story i think the only concern i have and this is just something that sometimes happens in star wars anyway things don't quite add up in terms of like the, the heavy theme in The Last Jedi of Kylo and Rey being very, very lonely and isolated. Yeah. Um, if it turns out that Kylo actually has this, like, band of brothers situation, <laughs> on, I'm uh, not sure how that's going to work, but it could be that they were all sent off to various corners of the galaxy on separate missions or whatever. Yeah. Um, and obviously Rey has friends too, but they managed to pull off the theme of loneliness with her too because it's like, oh, they're full sensitive, but... Maybe it would matter if the Knights of Ren were force sensitive or not, so Yeah. Can you imagine we'll see.
0: if like the force bond wasn't just between two people and it was like between like all of the force sensitive people like within a certain radius? Like Bluetooth. Yeah, no exactly. So like Bluetooth. <laughs> it would just become like a complete mess to the point where Kyle would be like, I don't want to be force sensitive anymore, shut up.
1: Well the force bonds are interesting because like the idea is that the force connects everything and you should be able to sense all these different things and feelings, right? But yeah. there's just something extra strong about a force bond for some reason. But
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sounds a bit horrible if it gets too much. <laughs> um, any ideas particularly about Dominic Monaghan? When I, I know this is uh, like low level speculation of the highest order, if that makes any sense. But to me, I, I just get the impression of maybe like a comedic side role or something. I don't think he's going to be like a super big part.
1: Maybe. I I know this is like me being a party pooper. I just don't really care about them either way. Like I'm just waiting for them to give us more information. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think... Even though I know Variety reported Matt Smith as a key role, I don't think he is. Mm. Like, maybe it depends on your definition of key role, but I don't think he's going to be like main character or anything because he would have been included in that initial announcement.
0: Yeah. Like say highest level I think is like Maz or Phasma level. I think he could be yeah, something I don't, like that.
1: I don't consider them key roles. No. Like to be honest. They're important for the scenes that they're in in terms of the foils and like exposition and everything, but they're not major players for me.
0: Yeah. Well I think that's it. These people, they're gonna be playing foils they're not going to become our new main characters. And if they were, I would be horrified.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've seen some speculation from people who really don't like Kylo Ren as the last Skywalker that either Matt Smith or Dominic Monaghan would somehow be revealed as Luke's long lost son. I've seen that These guys, I don't think the ages work out. Oh, that's just one of the many things (laughs) for why that will not (laughs) happen. But, um, yeah, Luke wasn't Siring children on Halloween.
0: <laughs> Luke Skywalker, teen dad. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so horrible. But yeah, I think we can safely discount that. Okay, and then the next story that we want to talk about is that a new female role for episode 9 has been rumoured by that hashtag show. And this has been reported via Stars Newsnet. Another supporting role for Star Wars Episode 9 needs to be filled, as a new report suggests that director J.J. Abrams is searching for an actress to play a street-smart character referred to internally as Karina. This report comes from that hashtag show, who have so far been accurate about two roles, Mara, described as being a female lead 40 to 50 years old, and Caro, described as having a captivating naturalness and ease to her manner, with charisma and intellect in spite of being 18 to 26 years old, the former role appears to have been filled by Carrie Russell, while Naomi Aki will be portraying the latter. Incidentally, they have now noted that Caro is now being referred to as Lucy for some reason, while Mara has not been seen in any documents they've come across. But the real story seems to be that there's another new character being thrown into the mix, Karina, described as a younger Charlize Theron with street smarts and a sharp wit, a good sense of humour, solid, solid comedic timing, and a strong voice. The role is said to be a supporting role, which is likely less prominent than the ones initially announced. In spite of Charlie's Ferron being name-dropped as a frame of reference, the role is open to actresses of any ethnicity. Uh, yeah, so then we have another new part in the mix in Karina. Um, again, it's really hard to talk about these characters when we have so very little to go on but i would say i believe this report because that hashtag show have proven to be so reliable with their previous stuff i think they've earned people's benefit of the doubt at this stage so mm-hmm. i definitely think there's a casting call out and that this is the type of character they're looking for i don't think we can speculate that much again because i do enjoy the speculation i will say that if i if this description sounds like anyone to me it sounds like someone who might be helping the resistance in some capacity like someone who like, represents like the groundswell of rebellion against the First Order perhaps you know and then she's got to like, have a nice strong personality that will stand out in what will almost inevitably be a small part because there's so many people being added to this cast now that not all of these people are going to be all that important basically she might have a few lines but I don't think she's going to be critical
1: yeah I'm kind of thinking along similar lines um I, I think that we're going to see the resistance kind of reaching out to all these corners because we kind of got that at the end of The Last Jedi and then people didn't come right mm. but I feel like this might be how Lando fits in as well that they're just going to be you know you're going to see like Poe and Finn going off trying to recruit people from various planets and communities to help them Yeah. Um, because there's very little left of the resistance as it is yeah um so it could be that kind of role yeah. and I think Naomi Aki could be that kind of role or two but of course mm-hmm. my fanfic brain is like all female Knights of Ren oh, that would be amazing <laughs> I don't see it happening but that's that's my fanfic brain
0: like fanfic, god if that were fanfic it would be like the ultimate self-insert AU situation <laughs> it'd be like and me and all my friends are the Knights of Ren to Kylo Ren <laughs> Oh, my God. Badass. <laughs> the badass with added kind of <laughs> Sorry. God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm a walking disaster today. I apologize. <laughs> okay. And Kirsty, why don't you read the
1: next story? Sure. So this is from Oscar Isaac. He's promoting his new movie. Um, so he's been giving some interviews. Um, while discussing his new thriller, Operation Finale, Star Wars Resistance Star. Oh, yeah, because they're advertising it as Star Wars Resistance Star instead oh of God. the sequel trilogy star. That's was awesome. Um, Oscar Isaac touched on the filming of Episode Nine and the huge missing piece, Carrie Fisher. Despite her not being physically on set, Isaac feels that she is still very much part of production. He said, of course she's with us. And this is Oscar describing the returning J.J. Abrams. He seems to me just as excited, if not more so, because now there's a history there, there's a shorthand, and the nature of the story is different. And then Isaac went on to describe the plight of the resistance in the ninth installment. They're guerrilla fighters, adhering closer to something like the Revolutionary war fighters, or even the guerrillas in Cuba with Shea and Fidel. And all these guys living in the mountains, coming down to do some attacks and going back and trying to hide from the empire of the United States. It's that kind of ragged at this point. You hear about stories with George Washington as a general where lots of people died based on their orders but that is part of leadership and that push and pull in the fight for figuring out what's the way to move forward it is a war movie I mean above and beyond it is a movie about warriors and this is from fan for track sorry I should have mentioned that
0: no worries god Oscar Isaac is so good at making things sound awesome
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because essentially he's saying it's a war in the stars it's Star Wars <laughs> It's about war
0: like i think he's done so well he's like perfected the art of spin basically like where you're not allowed to say anything concrete but he finds ways of talking about things that are tangentially related to star wars and making them sound super relevant and super exciting which i really yeah, like and I,
1: I think he's really good about talking about his character's role as well mm. because i feel like this stuff does adhere to Oh, at least from what we've seen in the last jedi pretty well yeah and um, that he is very scrappy like that and willing to take risks um and i can see that continuing into nine yeah um and it kind of fits with some of the spoilery stuff we've got to talk about a bit later with what we're seeing um yeah and i and i know really like his comments about carrie too
0: yeah no it's really lovely And yeah, like, for me it's interesting, It raises that whole question about how radical Poe will be in Episode 9. Because we see that towards the end of 8, he's positioned as the new leader of the Resistance. Because Leia's like, well, follow him. Like, implying that he's the person that everyone should be taking their orders from at this point. Um, So yeah, I expect to see that progressed in Episode 9. And while obviously the whole point of Poe's character arc in episode episode 8 was that he was learning how to be more measured and to only take the right risks and not to just haphazardly put people's lives on the line for the sake of glory, I do think we're going to see him as someone with a very clear militaristic goal that he'll go to quite extreme lengths to pursue, although I think they're going to have to be careful about how they present that because they're not going to want to negate his character growth from episode from episode eight. So yeah, I'm very curious to see how they handle it.
1: Yeah, um, something that um, Courtney at Knights of Rant, or who talks first, whatever they call themselves these days, um, she was talking about on their last episode, which was a nine speculation discussion, um, that earlier in the movie, Holdo says, we are the spark that will light the fire that will restore the Republic and then Poe echoes it later but he changes the meaning um to mm. say you know we're going to we're going to burn the first order down right which is almost in direct opposition to what rose says about saving what you love instead of destroying what you hate yeah um so it's interesting to think about whether well i i think that those were conscious choices on ryan's part but whether that will inform the themes of nine as well
0: yeah is the sort of thing where I think that if Ryan and JJ sat down to have a dinner to talk about Nine, which I think we pretty much know they have, because I think Ryan said they met after JJ came on board for Nine, then I think it's safe to say that Ryan would be picking up on things like that, like the lines he seeded, and he'd be like, well, if you want to use this as a jumping off point, this is how I was envisaging that things might go for Poe, because... Ryan must have had ideas about where these characters could be taken next. And I'm sure he's shared those ideas with JJ without imposing them on him. Because obviously it's JJ's story to tell. But Ryan obviously wasn't writing things in a vacuum. He wrote it with some sense of, yeah, this opens these possibilities for the future. Which is really cool. Yeah, and it's
1: interesting to think about how those lines and how they contrast will inform the relationships between the characters so if you think about like how how Rose and Poe might interact, because they have some interactions innate, but it's relatively minimal, and they don't have an awful lot that addresses Poe's effect on Rose's life in terms of what happens with Paige. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, we're, we're getting into speculation again, but like if Rose develops a friendship with Ray and comes to discover everything that went on with Kylo Ren and her line has thematic resonance for the trilogy in a positive way I believe Mm. um and kind of informs that aspect of the story too even though obviously she at that point she doesn't know what's been going on but because it's a story it ties in yeah um and I'm just wondering how that will kind of affect how she sees Poe if he continues in the direction um that he was still on um at the end of eight because I think some of the criticism around Poe's arc and I understand where people are coming from, but I don't think it's a problem because we have another chapter, is that he doesn't quite get to the point, you can see the realisation on a personal level when he realises that Holdo wasn't a traitor and she was trying to do the right thing, Yeah. but in terms of recognising his own responsibility and culpability of what happens with the resistance soldiers, he doesn't explicitly show that. Yeah, that's Um, true. I think that might be coming with Nine, um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. There's so many interesting routes available, that's great.
1: So yeah, we'll continue to overanalyse these <laughs> mouthy responses to answers that they, they just can't give true answers for, but it's like a little bit to chew over.
0: Exactly, it's fun to talk about. Right, then the next thing we want to talk about is that Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall have been awarded the Irvin G. Falberg Memorial Award, and according to Variety, the Irving G. Falberg Memorial Award is presented to creative producers whose body of work reflects a consistently high quality of motion picture production. So yeah, and it's awarded by the Academy, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty prestigious. I'm. It's an impressive accolade. And yeah, I, I'm proud of my babies. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> okay that might be slightly melodramatic but i'm proud of kk especially because yeah
1: you go girl you go girl me too like i i really like seeing this stuff like we know obviously she's very accomplished in her field she's very talented and has been working in hollywood for decades yeah but this fandom is insane (laughs) and people have some people have really got into their heads that kathleen kennedy has no idea what she's doing when it comes to producing movies And is unfit to run Lucasfilm and needs to be replaced by the head of animation. Oh, God. So it's just nice to see these things sometimes. It's like, oh, yes, a call for sanity. Yeah.
0: No, it's necessary, I think. Um, And, yeah, like, (laughs) on YouTube, have you seen those ridiculous, like, YouTube thumbnails where KK will be, like, photoshopped to give her, like, red demon eyes?
1: I haven't, but I can believe they exist. They definitely exist. It's hilarious. (laughs) I mostly avoid YouTube these days. I've heard (laughs) some people say that if you watch some Star Wars videos that are actually like positive Mm. about Star Wars content, it will then recommend things to you about like from these people who profit off hating the Last Jedi and criticizing Kathleen Kennedy. I just have no interest in that stuff. Yeah,
0: that's exactly it. The algorithm's broken so it's basically giving all these like hate channels all this exposure and yet it's horrible because there's all these agendas being peddled against Kathleen Kennedy in particular that are basically deriding all her achievements and mocking her so yeah I love seeing something like this because it's basically like giving that a big middle finger and saying no F you she is a hugely respected and massively accomplished professional and she's going to be recognised accordingly so yeah that makes me happy me too. And yeah, like that's why this sort of like official endorsement and recognition is so important in my opinion. Mhm. Yeah. And then continuing the positive news about all things Last Jedi and Star Wars, we have a new report from the numbers.com indicating that The Last Jedi is the top-selling Blu-ray in the United States for 2018 so far. Which is really exciting and it's easily in the lead and it's sold over three million units. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really great. It shows that it's a film people want to own,
1: clearly. Yes. I think Black Panther was second with something like two point six. Yeah. Obviously Infinity War isn't I think those numbers might change quite significantly. Yeah. Um but No, Infinity War will sell like gangbusters. <laughs>
0: but still. Yeah, no, it's still very impressive, especially when you think about how Blu-ray sales have been on such a decline, because obviously so much of it is digital now.
1: Yes, exactly. This doesn't include digital, so.
0: Yeah, so it's really impressive in that regard. And yeah, it's nice to see like, the little Star Wars film that could, not that Star Wars films are remotely little, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, speaking
1: of that, actually, I'm interested to see how the solo Blu-ray does. Um, mm. because obviously that didn't do as well as they hoped for in the cinema but I'm wondering if word of mouth and people talking about actually it was a pretty decent movie like it, it wasn't amazing mm. and although you know some people's favourite and that's fantastic but it was like a smaller scale lower stakes movie but was still really enjoyable um, I'm interested to see how that does yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if it's going to like make its way to Netflix or something but I think that would actually be good for it if it did because mm. people would be like oh yeah I'll give that a go I, I miss that one in the theatres yeah so.
0: Yeah, no, that's so true about Solo because, yeah, obviously that really did underperform at the box office, but I think it was really well liked. Like, people weren't coming out saying, oh my god, it's amazing, but a lot of people are saying, yeah, it's a good time, you should catch it when it comes out on home media. So I do think it's going to really catch up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, and then the last thing we want to talk about will involve some spoilers. So at this point, we want to hit the spoiler klaxon. <laughs> before we discuss some spoilerific photos that came out right these photos emerged online like 24th of august so they've been out a few weeks now again it's been a while we've been very busy busy lives um but yeah we still wanted to bring them up because they're very interesting pictures and we just wanted to share our impressions and our feels um in the first instance i think it's most important to say that oscar and john look great they both look very swashbuckling indeed and intriguingly it looks like poe might have his arm in some kind of sling or that it might be tied up or bandaged like he's been injured somehow would you concur with this kirsty mm-hmm.
1: yeah otherwise it's just kind of a piece of fabric wrapped because the way he's carrying it in one of the he's kind of got it as if it is in a sling yeah yeah um Obviously, we have no context for that, but yeah, makes sense. Um, and the, his shirt looks like he might have been sat in the Falcon in the picture that JJ shared on Twitter yeah. when he started shooting. Yeah, which would make sense. And Yeah, so Poe might be flying the Falcon.
0: Yeah, no, it should be quite something. And it does definitely suggests that we're going to get, in episode 9, what a lot of people were clamoring for in The Last Jedi which is obviously Poe and Finn on a mission together, which is definitely something I'd like to see because like, we didn't really get that much of that partnership in The Force Awakens, to be honest, because obviously they share really important scenes together. But after that crash landing on Jakku, they're basically separate. And obviously they reunite on the Resistance base, but it's not like they team up and go and fight together at that point. They're separated again
1: quite quickly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they're friendship has deepened because yeah like you say they didn't spend an awful lot of time together but we know that they they are on the same side and it's just be interesting to see them on a mission because i think ryan said in the art of the last jedi book that he tried initially to have them go to canto bite or some variant of that in the early scripts um and it just wasn't quite working because they didn't have a ton of conflict going on um yeah but who knows maybe at this point they would
0: yeah It should be cool. And I think also because of the time jump, we can assume that they'd have probably had lots of adventures by this stage. So Mm. they'll know each other much better. And I think we'll see quite like a natural, like easy back and forth between them. Which I think will be really cool.
1: Yeah. Another thing I'm excited about is that Finn's outfit is quite Han Solo esque. Yeah. He's got his vest and the the trousers have like the Corellian blood stripe influence design.
0: Yeah, no, that shows much better, actually, in the photos we're looking at now, which are, I hate to say it, on the Daily Mail website, because while I hate the Daily Mail strongly, (laughs) I have to admit they have quite good photo coverage sometimes. (laughs) It's like, damn you! This is the sort of situation where I hate to give them ad revenue, but at the end of the day, we have the pics, so yeah, it's pretty grim. (laughs) But yeah, no, so he looks great. Yeah. And like you say, that Carillion blood stripe on his trousers is just so quintessential Star Wars. There's no mistake mm-hmm. in
1: that. Yeah, in one of the art books it looked like they'd originally considered, or at least in some early concept art, that um Ray might have those. Yeah. As a kind of homage to to Han. But yeah. Finn gets them. So interesting be... to see if that at all has any implications for his character arc. Yes. And I guess it's hard not to try and contextualize the the photos and like try and put a narrative spin on them. But the idea, you know, in a lot of the photos, Poe is carrying the binoculars, so they seem to be on some kind of like scouting mission to try and find someone. And then they're going up the hill towards these horses and the people there. Yeah, and um, Chewie's there too. So it's like they ch- so. This is ca- what kind of fits in with what we were saying earlier about maybe seeing some missions where they're trying to recruit people.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I really like the costumes that they're wearing as well in these shots. Um, the extras—they all look really cool, and it's very evocative. It sort of reminds me of what the nomadic people on Saverine were wearing in Solo. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a cool aesthetic and. I I don't know whether to trust the Daily Mail in this, but in some of the captions, they're they're saying that um, the black actress with the cape is Naomi Aki. Mm. For me, it's really too hard to tell because a lot of the photos are blurry and just kind of far away. Yeah. But that's what they're saying. So yeah, maybe that would be her role, that she's part of one of these groups on a different planet that they're trying to go to to get them to join the resistance cause.
0: Yeah and they do actually have some like blown up close-ups of her character and i must say in the close-ups it does look more like naomi again i'm still not sure i can be completely 100 percent confident that it's her but it certainly looks more like her than it did from the completely unidentifiable distance shots where it's like that could be literally anyone
1: yeah so maybe we'll get some later confirmation yeah like maybe like it's been a while since we <laughs> got anything from JJ on Twitter he just gave us that one photo and then it was quiet
0: yeah I think he probably only gave that with like a gun to his head <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay give the people something yeah and I just
0: want to say that if it is Naomi's character and I'm just going to refer to her as that just for the sake of convenience but to me it almost looks like she might be some sort of like leader or figurehead for like the group that Poe and Finn are meeting because she seems to be the person that they're speaking to,
1: yeah, and she has that cape, and she has some kind of uh, it looks like a symbol of some kind on her on her arm, there,
0: yeah, you're right, it's either like a symbol or a bandage, maybe hmm. i'd my bet would be on symbol, I think, so it looks a bit too neat to be a bandage, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's really exciting stuff and it was a real pleasant surprise to see paparazzi shots like this.
1: It was, it was really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get anything like, yes! like this
0: for like either of the other films really. We certainly didn't get any behind the scenes shots with the actors.
1: We got um was was it one where we got the Finn and Road on the Five year? Yeah, you no, we did get like, that,
0: but that was the stunt doubles. It wasn't actually right. John and Kelly. So, yeah, that's an extra yeah. level of excitement. There's mm-hmm. awesome stuff.
1: It's a, hopefully we get more soon and we can just start building our own fanfic narrative again.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we know that's what we truly want. That's the fun part.
1: Right. And then we can move on
0: to our next, but still connected, segment. It came from Reddit. I need to find music for that because it feels appropriate. <laughs> um, but yeah, would you like to take over, Kirsty, and explain the relevant piece that you have identified?
1: Yeah, so I, I thought we'd talk about this because it seems to be corroborated by these photos that we were just talking about. But Well, we'll, we'll get into it afterwards. But this was posted two months ago by Hanko Shepherd. It says, description of a concept art. A while back, a friend that works in the production of episode 9 just a minor job, nothing big, said he glanced at concept art of Finn and Poe wearing ragged clothes and having what seems to be a meeting or a mission debrief with a bunch of aliens. A few weeks later, other editors started reporting the same, plus a shootout in the same setting. So, maybe some truth to this guy's leaks, but I'm not sure. Anyway, he told me people in production had been talking about a concept that had been circling around. He didn't see the concept, but other people in production told him about it and he described it to me, The concept shows Kylo Ren piloting the Falcon. Don't know if it's true, but decided to report it anyway. So this was interesting to me because Jason Ward at Making Star Wars said on a podcast a couple months ago that he'd heard that Finn and Poe would be on a mission and would be visiting a bar at some point. Mm. Um, And at the time, it sounded like it might be to recruit more allies to join the war, which is the kind of thing we're seeing in these leaked photos, potentially. And it fits in with this notion of them having this mission debrief with aliens presumably in some kind of location like that. Mm. So what do you think?
0: Yeah, like it certainly seems much more plausible now that we have this corroborating evidence, if you will in the form of like the photos and like tippets from Jason Ward and things like that so yeah, it's quite exciting um, obviously the stuff of Finn and Poe, that's like pretty much the sort of thing you'd expect from those characters and as we've discussed, we're definitely getting more of that partnership in Episode 9. But yeah, the real, like, wow thing is potentially of that whole concept art of Kylo Ren in the Falcon is true. Because, wow, what I would have for that.
1: Yeah, same. Th- this kind of thing I'm really hesitant to... Uh, even though I think it's more likely that this guy is being honest and is more trustworthy. We have boldo Ren concept art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... You know, a concept art does not mean there's something that's actually going to happen or make it into the movie. So Yeah, exactly. Although, Ryan Johnson said recently on Twitter, he replied to our friend Suara that he had actually been considering at some point the whole Boulder Run thing, and that's why it made its way into the art book.
0: Uh, so. uh, Ryan, how could you?
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry. It's just, we trusted you. It's very traumatic. Can, can <laughs> you imagine? It would literally be like Obi Wan in Revenge of the Sith. You were the chosen one, Ryan!
1: You were meant to save us, not throw us into baldness! Uh, maybe he thought that's what Carlo deserved after the events of TFA. I mean, he has a point.
0: But he's just a little... He would grow back. But he's just a little vulnerable, fluffly, waffly darling.
1: No, he was going to on it so that Ray would, like, swipe her saber just over the top of his head and all his hair comes off. <laughs> It's what he deserves.
0: Wow. Yeah, it would be like the ultimate punishment. (laughs) They could do like Game of Thrones and have like Kylo Ren's walk of shame. (laughs) Sorry, this
1: took a very weird time. (laughs) Yeah, but it's okay because over the events of The Last Jedi, it would grow back again and be as lustrous as ever. Yeah,
0: exactly. That could be revealed to be the true power of the Force. The Force wants him to have beautiful hair. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, seriously, if Kylo Ren like, Pilots the Falcon, that'd be so awesome. So that would be, like, reclaiming the solo part of himself.
1: Yeah, and I think it'd be pretty cool if... You, it seems more likely now that we're going to have Poe fly it, so why not have everyone fly the Falcon? Yeah, it could be a big ride. Because we have that deleted scene from The Force Awakens of him going on to the Falcon, which I think would have actually been echoed quite nicely with Luke visiting it in The Last Jedi. Um Yeah, I wish they'd kept that. So we should get it at some point, really, and it makes sense for it to happen in nine. Yeah, if I were better with like
0: video editing software and that sort of thing, I would probably quite like to like do my own cuts sometimes of these movies, just because there's certain things that are cut out that I always miss. Like I do that with music all the time. So like David Bowie's um, album, the next day. I have my own version of that album where I basically choose my favourite tracks from the album proper and then I include a bunch of like bonus like tracks and like outtakes and stuff. And mm-hmm. then that is my The Next Day album. I'm not talking about like doing like fan edits where it's like this is the true vision, but just like, oh, I wish this was this is like my headcanon version of events, you know, like not in a this is the absolute version of the film, but like this is just like a personal fun thing for me.
1: Oh, yeah, I understand that. And I kind of do that with deleted scenes in my mind when I'm watching the movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the point when Kylo went on the Falcon. And it might not be canon anymore, but it's still part of the story in my head. So. Yeah, exactly. Living it. Right. So, yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on Reddit and if anything comes up that seems to feed into something else that comes out, yeah. I'm totally for discussing it. It's just... uh
0: yeah. What we really need is the resurrection of Boffin Spy.
1: I don't see that happening, unfortunately.
0: No, I don't think so either. It's amazing to me that that account still posts because the account's still very active, but it just hasn't posted anything about Star Wars
1: since the last leagues. So. Yeah, I um... think they got told off. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think they probably got like a very scary message in their inbox saying, "Stop or we will stop you." Mm. <laughs> right okay and then the final thing we have is that there is a question from tumblr would you like to read it Kirsty?
1: yeah um anonymous says i'm leaning more heavily on a short time skip one to three years max to have that inherent drama tension of a severely limited resistance versus a much larger enemy will make their eventual victory sweeter a short skip also takes advantage of likely the vultures come out to vie for power after snoke's death scenario I have a feeling some of the new cast will be playing these vultures. After Oscar's Guerrilla War Warriors comments, do you think a shorter time skip is more likely? I've always kind of thought that it would be on the short side, but it's interesting. Anonymous, they, they think the one to three years would be short, but I actually think it might be... Well, I suppose one one year is short, but I would be surprised if it extends to three years, to be honest. Yeah, like I would
0: say that I think that time skip is the most realistic scenario like one to three years it could potentially be even less and let's face it there's also room for it to be more though I'd be surprised and the reason why I'd lean away from it being any more than three years is also because when you look at those pictures of John and Oscar they do not look significantly older as characters mm. they look pretty much identical <laughs> like obviously John, yeah, ha- exactly. John's hair has changed a bit he has a new hairstyle so clearly a bit of, t- a bit of time has passed but it's not a radical difference by any means
1: Right, it's just going to be a couple years, and to be honest, I I get why fandom um takes a strong interest in these kind of things because then you'll get um extra kind of material later that will fill in the gaps. But in terms of the general audience, they're not going to know or care. Yeah. Um. So even if it's mentioned in the crawl, like oh, it's been a couple of years since Luke Skywalker passed into the Force, or that it's just not really going to be a factor. Yeah. Um. I always come back to um pointing out to people that Kylo Ren is 29 in canon, but the general audience doesn't know that. They think he's much younger because he's kind of coded as younger. Adam looks and plays him as younger. Yeah. Um. And really the only reason for that, to be honest, is to connect the original trilogy and to kind of emphasize that Han and Leia got married very quickly and settled down and had a child right after the war. Yeah. Um. It doesn't really play into his characterization. Yeah. Um, or the fact that he's 10 years older than the other characters of his generation um so timeline stuff just doesn't really matter that much so either way like whatever they do with a time jump I'm, I'm not actually that fast
0: yeah i'll tell you what i want to make a prediction right now so it can come back to okay. me later my prediction <laughs> is that the time skip is going to be stated explicitly at star celebration next year okay yeah i can believe that yeah, like it's not like no, a that could be completely outrageous
1: <laughs> prediction. No, I I think you're right because that could fit in with like the teaser that they give us and like to provide a bit more context and it because like I said it's the kind of detail that hardcore fans will go nuts over because it really um gives you context for some deeper speculation, but it's not going to be like hugely spoilerific for the general audience who be like, "Oh, I wish I didn't know that." So.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I'm really curious about what exactly will happen in that time difference? Because obviously, at the end of the Last Jedi, we have Kylo with all these like ideas and proposals about coming up with something new and getting rid of the old ways and creating a new style of order in the galaxy, you know. But realistically, how is he going to implement that? Like, that's the sort of thing that would take like years slash decades <laughs> to actually enforce in any meaningful way. Like, you get the impression in the original trilogy that the Empire had only recently become, like, de facto normal. You know, like, I don't think it happened overnight. (laughs) Like, when the um, Republic was overthrown and the Emperor, like, sort of came in and took it all over, it was more of, like, a gradual thing. Whereas, like, Kylo kind of was like, and I want to implement an entirely new system of government. It's like, well, how are you going to do that, mate? so yeah I'm really curious to see how they're going to present that obviously the sequel trilogy hasn't really gone into the politics much Mm. but I think it will at least have to provide some frame of reference for what Kylo has been doing as a leader since The Last Jedi we're going to have to understand that on some level and I'm really curious to see about that difference between his plans and his ideals and what he's actually been able to do
1: yeah and I'm really interested to see how the resistance respond to that because going back to Oscar's comments he's kind of pointing out that they're going to be living outside of the established law because the resistance originally was conceived as like an offshoot of the republic's military Yeah, so it wasn't strictly legal but it had uh, protection in some ways you know it it was like an offshoot of the legitimate government yeah Um, but now the first order is the government so they're back to being the rebellion. Um, I'm just really interested to see how that influences their perception mm. of how things are going in the galaxy, and also influences those relationships. Like, I'm so curious to see how Ray and Poe get on. I'm really interested to see if by the time nine opens up, Ray and Rose are friends. Like, I would love to think so. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested to see how Finn and Rose's relationships develop too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, like it's gonna be really critical, I think, and yeah, like selfishly, I kind of do want it to be at least a year, just because I do want that extra material to fill in the gaps. And if it is a really brief time jump, then it's kind of gonna be a bit thin what they can cover in that period. Like I don't obviously don't want them to skip out loads of really crucial developments, you know. Don't want it to be like, and Finn and Rose had three children. you know and then go back to them in episode 9 and they've got like a family <laughs> it's like, ah. mm. like I really don't think that's going to happen by the way it could but <laughs> I would be shocked and I think it would be weird so yeah. yeah it's very interesting
1: obviously we don't have any like confirmation of this because maybe they haven't decided yet but in terms of like multiple seasons of Star Wars Resistance I could see it kind of being the sequel trilogy's Answer to Lost Stars for the original trilogy in Mm -hmm. terms of showing the events of that era from a different perspective, like someone further on the outside, because we have Thane and Sienna in the Empire and and the Resistance and Rebellion later on. Yeah. Oh, at least from Thane's perspective. Not to get too spoilery because you still haven't read Lost Stars. (laughs) But, um, it's it's another angle and you're seeing it from the perspective of people who are like there in parts of the military but they they don't have an understanding of like the force side of things and yeah i I can see that happening if they did multiple seasons they could do like a after the force awakens season they could do an after the last jedi like a couple of seasons there if there's a significant jump you know yeah exactly so
0: many many exciting possibilities Thank God, mm-hmm. Kirstie, I can't wait for celebration.
1: Oh, me neither. And it, it's kind of coming up. It's only, what, well, it's in April, right? So yeah. So it's like a half a year away. Yeah, we will be cool. here before you know it.
0: I know, it's crazy. Oh, and one last thing I wanted to mention for our listeners so that they know this will come up. I have got tickets to go and see The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, the new Adam Driver film. So obviously I know it's not Star Wars, but it's kind of related to my interests um and yeah i am so so hyped so i also love terry gilliam i'm a huge terry gilliam fan and i just wanted to say rest
1: assured i will share thoughts i'm incredibly jealous i really hope i get a chance to see that film someday yeah
0: i wish you could come with me
1: (laughs) i never thought i would see that movie i i even when they'd finished production i was like oh it's never gonna happen yeah we're gonna show that movie it's cursed so i don't think i've ever been so excited to book
0: tickets for a film festival movie and i really had like a moment of cold dread when i was on the booking website and it looked for a moment like all the tickets had gone and luckily then the free ones booked popped up and i was like oh my god
1: yeah i know terry gilliams said some stupid shit but <laughs> i'm happy for him that this movie has finally been made and he can put it out there into the world because oh my god i just can't imagine working on something for that long and having so many setbacks and troubles yeah you
0: know. it's really like an epic labor of love so yeah i'm really glad it's finally got out there um but yeah i think that's us done for today is there anything else you need to add kirstie uh, i don't think so okay great well i'm rachel you can find me at star Wars nonsense on tumblr and at journal of the star wars on wordpress where can people find you Kirsty?
1: i'm bastilla bay on tumblr and scavengers horde on twitter
0: Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, bye.
1: Bye.